Hey, BSN Denver listeners. We're really excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check them out today. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural. It's also not psychoactive, and the coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout to get your StravaCraft coffee for 20% off and shipped straight to your door. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumwood. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> a special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented by Total Beverage. Right now at Total Beverage, they have an exclusive deal for BSN listeners. You guys can get $10 off a $50 purchase or more on their website and app by using the promo code BSN10. So again, if you go to the Total Beverage website or the Total Beverage app, punch in the promo code BSN10, you guys can save $10 off a $50 order and have it delivered right to your door because Total Beverage makes it super convenient. They now deliver liquor, wine, beer, spirits to anywhere in the North Metro area, all the way from Wheat Ridge to Erie. So check those guys out at Total Beverage. Harrison Wynn and Christian Clark here recording Sunday night. This is the Monday edition of the show. We've got another Nuggets loss to talk about. Denver Falls to New Orleans, 120-112 Saturday night at Pepsi Center. Their second loss in a row, second home loss in a row. I think we want to start out on the positive side of things this evening because Michael Malone, well, I don't know how many of us he fooled in his pregame remarks. I think he fooled me. I don't think he fooled you. I think you were on to him. Uh, but he trotted out the uh, standard line of answers pregame. He said Gary Harris is still on the minutes restriction. He didn't really feel any pressure to change his lineup ahead of this one. Uh, voila, 45 minutes before the game, half hour before the game, starting lineups come out. We got the opening night starting lineup for the first time to begin a game since the second game of the regular season, way back on October 20th. That was the last time those five had started a game together. They've played sparingly over the last three games, but this one, they actually walked to the center circle together as one. It was a good moment. That set up a good first quarter before things kind of fell off the rails. Yeah, I'm almost waiting for the point for the Nuggets to fake people out with their starting lineup. Like, just just walk out there together with the five-some that started the previous game, and then, like, the two of those guys who aren't going to start that current game go back to the bench and then bring the other two guys on. Yeah, or, like, what is the protocol? Or are you allowed to put names on the starting lineup sheet and then start a different player? What's the protocol on that? Is it just like an unwritten rule? Is it gamesmanship? I'm not even sure. 
I'm pretty sure that once you put it on that sheet and both coaches sign it, then you then you have to follow it unless like something terrible happens to one of those players. Where like, right, but I feel like you could probably finagle around that rule if you really, really wanted to. Well, don't put it past Michael Malone because he does not he like might, showing his hand yeah. until the last possible minute. Yeah, he might be the one to do it if a coach was to, to do that. I wonder what the penalty would be for that. Like a technical? I'm not even sure. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty funny. I'm pretty used to that by now. I was I didn't tweet out any of the quotes or the tidbits from that, that pregame availability because I was like, you know what? I think this is probably the game. I mean, Michael Malone is is very honest right after games. Um, you know, there's still kind of those competitive juices flowing. Um, and he seemed pretty adamant after the, the Utah game that some changes were going to be coming. I thought the only change that they could probably make was throwing Gary Harris into the starting lineup, and lo and behold, that was the case. Um, I'm glad we are starting on, on positives because I thought there were, were some in this game, and the first quarter was really fun. I mean, the Nuggets scored 39 points. They had 10 assists. The, the offense looked spectacular. Yeah. Um, I mean, that 5 sum was awesome together. Well, they got out to a quick 11-3 lead, to no one's surprise. I mean, we've been talking about this lineup on this podcast for the last two years. We've been writing about it for the last two years. Uh, the amount of minutes and hours we've spent talking about this lineup with our counterparts and, and co-workers at Nuggets games this year or practices just around the team it's a disgusting number that I don't even want to think of. Like that's how much this starting lineup has dominated our minds, our thoughts over the last couple of years. And so it was exciting to see those five actually start a game together. And yeah, they got out to an 11-3 lead. And it's really too bad because foul trouble in this game really robbed us of extended minutes with that lineup, uh, probably into the 20s, maybe. And uh, probably a Nuggets win, because I think if that lineup does play more minutes, if Nicole Jokic plays closer to 30 minutes in this game, uh, the Nuggets probably roll. But, you know, they don't, and Jokic got in foul trouble, and uh, we didn't get as much of this lineup as we thought we would. But just the total stats for that five were really impressive, and like I said, it didn't come as a big surprise. They outscored New Orleans 35-26. to in 15 minutes, they were a plus nine, shot 46% for the field, 40% from three, a 76 defensive rating, seven assists on their first seven baskets. Uh, they finished with 11 assists on the 12 made baskets that that group converted on uh, when they played over those 15 minutes. So I wasn't surprised, but I mean, the chemistry, the cohesion, the camaraderie, just how that group plays off each other is uncanny. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Nuggets would would be right there for first in offensive efficiency if if these guys had been able to stay healthy all this year. I mean, in that very first stint, you you really got a taste of of how explosive this group can be. Um, Jokic had to come out at the six fifty mark in the first quarter due to foul trouble. Nuggets had already racked up seventeen points at that mark, which was essentially five minutes into the game, five minutes and ten seconds. There were seven eleven from the field. They had seven assists, so. That, that first stint they got together was a taste of how awesome this group is going to be together. And, man, I mean, there's a, there's a chance that, you know, th this closing stretch of the season and whatever we see in the playoffs is all we see of this group, unfortunately. I mean, there's I, I think that the odds of Paul Millsap coming back are, are good, but there's no guarantee mm. that he does. I was wondering where you're going with that. And, yeah, I guess 
you're right. We really might be robbed of when we were looking at this team going back to the beginning of last year, the amount of minutes available over these last two seasons, factoring in all these injuries, the Millsap injury last year, uh, the multitude of injuries this year, it's really robbed them of, of so many minutes with this lineup. It's it's hard to imagine what this offense could have looked like over the last two years if everybody was healthy. And yeah, you're right. Maybe this is their last chance this season and, and playoffs for it. On the season, 69 minutes with this group, Murray, Harris, Barton, Millsap, Jokic. They're outscoring their opponent 178 to 123. Uh, they're a plus 55. Nuggets are shooting just over 50% from the floor with this group on the floor this year, over 40% from three. They're out rebounding their opponent 72 to 58 uh, when that five is on the court. A 122 offensive rating, an 84 defensive rating, a 37.7 net rating. I've been doing a bit of uh, compiling, compiling numbers here uh, on a piece of paper. I know this is very uh, 1990s of me, but I've been tracking this lineup and what they've done over the last two seasons, not just this year. Well, I won't judge you for 90s. I mean, you know, I use a yellow legal pad for all my stuff, but continue. In the minutes that this group has played over the last two seasons, uh, not just this year, they're outscoring their opponent 374 to 258. They're just absolutely murdering the opponent when these guys are on the floor together. Like I said, they're, they're shooting around 50% from the field, over 40% from three. Defensively is, I think, where the biggest surprises or the biggest thing maybe you don't expect with this group, they're locking down on defense when this five has been on the floor over the last couple of years. And yeah, they did it uh, the other night against New Orleans, but they've really been doing it over the last two seasons. So the potential of this group uh, on offense and defense, it's really too bad we haven't seen it for extended stretches, but maybe this is the beginning. And I mean, my premise coming into this game and if this lineup was going to start and it's kind of got lost with the loss, but my premise was going to be, hey, the Nuggets have had a great season. It's about to get even better. They played really well this year. They're about to start playing even better uh, because this starting lineup is back. And I think, I don't know what you think about this, but I think this is the second best five-man group in the league. Ooh, the second best? Second best. Who who you got first? The Golden State Five. Okay. Five All-Stars. Yeah, well, I I kind of figured, but... Um, so you, you think this group is better than what the Milwaukee Bucks are throwing out there? I do. Okay. I, mean, I think they're better than Philly's five, uh, the fantastic five, as Tim Bontemps called them. Trash name. <laughs> I like it. Look, they don't have the star power uh, of Philly's five, for sure. They don't have the MVP front runner that, that Milwaukee does in their five. But I just think from a cohesion standpoint, a chemistry standpoint, how these guys play off of one another how they play in the half court, how they play in transition, and also what they can do on the defensive end of the floor. I think they're the second best five in the league outside of Golden State's uh, five all-stars lineup. That's a spicy one. I haven't thought about it enough to to really have a, a strong opinion, but it very well could be the case. Um, I, I just hope we have some fun moments these last 19 games and, and whatever we see in the playoffs. I mean, the, the fouls just just really robbed us, I think, of a lot of fireworks in this game because we got those fireworks in the first quarter. And, I mean, all those fouls, uh, a lot of controversial ones, just just really killed the vibe of this game. I mean, the Nuggets were up 19 in the second quarter, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I mean, we watched so many of these games that sometimes it, it just you feel like you're going through the motions. Like, when they got up 19, I was just zoning out a little bit, and I was like, all right, well, this is an easy win. Like, I already know what I'm going to write tonight. Yeah, it's and New Orleans without Anthony Davis at home. 
And then I looked up, and they're only at four at halftime. And I was like, oh, well, I really got to pay attention in the second half now. Yeah. I-, I went back and watched Jokic's fouls here before we started recording. There were some absolutely egregious calls that were whistled against Denver's big man. His first foul that he picked up, if you're listening to this podcast, go back and watch this first foul they called on Nikola Jokic. It's with, what, 10 minutes left or so in the first quarter. He picked it up a couple minutes into the game. One of the most egregious calls I've seen against Nikola Jokic all year. And you know I'm not one to really blame the refs that much. Uh, His first and third were just absolutely terrible. He had a couple. like He set an illegal screen that was probably a correct offensive call. Um, But... There were a couple of these foul calls that were just ridiculous. So, I mean, in the NBA, I think it's absolutely true that that superstars get the benefit of the whistle. I don't think Jokic is refereed like a a true superstar. Uh, Yeah. I I think he gets screwed a lot. I mean, if you want to call me a homer, fine, call me a homer. Um, You know, I think part of that is on Jokic because this guy complains so much. Like, I think he could take a a page out of Gary Harris's book where Gary only gets heated if, if the officials really screw up a call. Like, if it's 50-50, if it's close, Gary's not really complaining. I mean, he's only complaining if it's egregious. And Nikola Jokic should incorporate some of that into his game. And I also think part of this, too, is Jokic just does not look like a normal superstar. Like, he's Mm -hmm. not this jacked, like, Greek god-looking dude. And so I think that's in the back of officials' minds, too, where he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt sometimes. I agree with you, man. And I think the flopping also hurts him on the other end of the floor with officials even though there are a lot of superstars in this league who flop a lot and get a lot more calls uh, when they're on offense than Jokic does. So, I mean, it's tough. Look, he's still a pretty young player, relatively speaking, to a lot of other all-stars and a lot of other superstar-level players in this league. I think I'll get there in due time, but we're clearly not there yet. So I've seen this idea floated on Twitter by a couple of different people. I know Adam Maris, uh over at Lockdown Nuggets has has floated it too. Oh, this should be good. He thinks that Michael Mullen should stay, take a strategic find the last week of the season and just go scorch earth on the officials. You know, maybe that's an, a situation where Josh Kroenke just kind of picks up the tab, slides Mullen some cash under the table for that $25,000 fine or whatever it ends up being. I have to say I totally agree with that. Are, are we talking... Like a David Fisdale take that for data post-game rant? Oh, Malone. I mean, Malone is an intense, fiery guy. Malone, like, I mean, as great as that rant was, I feel like Malone is capable of something even better, too. Well, that's a scenario we could see Denver in. Denver versus San Antonio in a first-round series, potentially. Maybe this is after uh, game one, if Denver doesn't get a friendly whistle. You've got Greg Popovich over on one sideline, who's... uh, Arguably the greatest head coach of all time. You've got Michael Malone on the other sideline, who will be in his first head coaching series. Uh, and uh, you've got the Nuggets, who have n- this iteration of the Nuggets has really never been in the playoffs. Uh, the Spurs, we got a couple playoff tested guys. It's not a typical Spurs team, but they certainly have more playoff experience than the Nuggets. Maybe that's when we would see something like that. You ain't going to rook us. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was a great line. I would love to be Michael Malone's ghostwriter for this speech that we don't even know if it's going to happen or not. Because the the number one point I would be trying to drive home is we know Nikola Jokic doesn't look like a traditional superstar. And mm. you guys are just biased against him. Mm. Like, I would play that angle so hard. Mm. That'd be good. Yeah, like, you know, you, you guys have this notion in your head that European superstars are soft. Yep. And that's, that's affecting the way you officiate. And I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. Yep. 
So that's what I would be going for. Man, give it to me. I'm all here for that. Yeah, maybe next couple podcasts from now, I'll actually write up the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Michael Malone will never top, take that L on the way out, but this could top it, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, nothing's ever topping, take that L on the way out. Uh, the battle cry of the Nuggets season here. All right, before we move on, and we got a lot to discuss on the remainder of this show, the second unit looked poor again uh, with Isaiah Thomas in that small ball backcourt. We will discuss that in a second. Also, uh, some other observations from this one. First, though, a quick word from Get Around. If you guys aren't familiar with Get Around, and if you're ever in need of a car, truck, or vehicle for a few hours or a few days, they're at your service. Get Around is a car sharing app. You can literally unlock cars near you through their app. And better yet, if you have a car that's just sitting around, make some extra money for your next vacation. Get Around's insurance policy and 24 7 customer service have you covered. So go to get.co backslash nuggets to save $15 off your first rental, or you can visit get.co backslash BSN to sign up for free to rent your car out and start making some money fast. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we move on here, I want to remind you guys about a little deal we're running at BSN Denver for a one-year subscription. If you guys are still holding out, this is a great time to get in. Right now, you can go to bsndenver.com backslash subscribe, type in the promo code nuggets and get a one-year subscription for just $29.99. Comes out to $2.50 a month. Really not a ton of money for awesome Nuggets, Broncos, Avalanche, and Rockies coverage. Uh, the $29.99 price per a one-year subscription, that's down substantially from the regular price, which is $35.99. So uh, like I said, I'm not sure how long this offer is going to run. Uh, make sure to get on it if you don't have a subscription yet. We've got a lot of great content up on the site right now from uh, last week's games and Ahead of a pivotal 20-game stretch run here, uh, this is a great time to get in. Also, we're still running a competition between our Broncos, Avalanche, Rockies, and uh, us, our Nuggets crew over at BSN Denver. Uh, whichever crew signs up the most subscriptions uh, with their promo code, everybody who signed up for a subscription at that price will get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver locker. Uh, so you guys can get that subscription for just $29.99 for a year comes out to $2.50 a month and have a chance at a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver Locker too. We got a lot of great shirts on there. Rockies, Nuggets, Avalanche, Broncos shirts, really anything you could want uh, to support your favorite team. So make sure to get on that offer before it expires. BSNDenver.com backslash subscribe. For a second straight game, the Nuggets held the lead after one quarter of play. This goes back to the Jazz game, of course, and then against the Pelicans. The Nuggets were up 39-27 after one quarter of action against New Orleans. And for a second straight game, Denver gives up that lead and some in the second quarter. The Nuggets were outscored 40-32 to in the second quarter against New Orleans. And obviously, the lineup and the players on the court for a lot of time during that second unit is the Nuggets bench lineup. Uh, for a second straight game, that lineup looked bad. And, and I'd even say for, for a third straight game, that lineup has not looked particularly good. What are some of your takeaways from last night's second quarter? Well, I think what we're seeing is a, is a contrast in styles. Um, the Nuggets reserve unit, which has been just freaking awesome this year. One of the biggest differences between this year's team and last year's team, that reserve unit has been nails, um, mm -hmm. really bookended by Monte Morris and Mason Plumley. 
I mean, those guys like to move the ball around and play a free-flowing offense, you know, pretty similar style to, to what the Nuggets like to do when Nicole Jokic is on the floor. Um, and I think what we've seen with Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas back is a lot of high pick and roll. Um, I, I think Mason Plumlee is, is one of the more respected guys in the locker room. I think he's one of the, the more honest guys in the locker room. He tells it like it is. You asked him a, a question just, what are you noticing stylistically these last couple versus earlier parts of the season? Here's what Plumlee had to say. Probably a little more pick and roll than usual early in the shot clock, too. I think what makes us good is our movement and our flow and less play calls, whether it's pin downs or stuff off the ball. I know that will be a point of emphasis for me next game is the screener. Um, so I think that the Nuggets, you know, if they're going to continue to try to Isaiah Thomas out there, he just got to understand that, that what they do on offense already works, and he's got to fit into that. Yeah, I'd agree. And I'm not actually sure if I asked that question. That might have been somebody else, but... I followed up with something to the nature of, have you seen the offense shift uh, specifically over the last couple of games? And he said, it hasn't been the plan, but it has shifted. I think I think Mike from uh, the Denver Post actually asked that first question. But Plumlee's right. Um, there's been a noticeable shift with how the second unit is playing over the last six games since Isaiah Thomas has joined it compared to how they were playing at the onset of the season, and really throughout the entire season so far, really the first two-thirds of it, uh, I guess, before these last six games. And, yeah, I mean, the one difference has been Isaiah Thomas. If you look at the on-off-court numbers here, it's pretty jarring. With uh, Isaiah Thomas over these last six games, the Nuggets are scoring only 94.1 points per 100 possessions when he's on the court. That's a eye-popping low number. Uh, for a Nuggets team that has been clicking on all cylinders, starters and bench. For three years. <laughs> right, right. For for three years and more recently throughout this entire season. And you know when Isaiah Thomas is off the floor, Nuggets are scoring 113.4 points per 100 possessions. So an elite number there. The offense just hasn't flowed with them out there so far. Uh, things look slow. Uh, things are stagnant. The pace certainly dies down in the half court when that group's been on the floor over the past couple of games. Obviously, against New Orleans in this most recent game, the lineups were switched up a little bit. So instead of Gary Harris, you had Malik Beasley out there. Instead of Paul Millsap, you had Wancho out there some with that group. And it didn't look really any better, to be honest. And, you know, a big takeaway is... We are saying what we're seeing with what's wrong with that lineup and how there's a lot of pick and roll. There's not the free-flowing, democratic-style basketball that has been this Nuggets team's MO over the last couple years with that bench group. That hasn't been there. It's pretty obvious to us. It's also obvious to the players. Like you mentioned, Plumlee's comments, Will Barton and Monte Morris both called the bench unit's offense and just that second-quarter offense stagnant a couple nights ago after the Jazz game. So everybody's like on the same page here. Everybody sees what's happening. And that's another big takeaway I had. Like We see stuff, but then we're also backed up by kind of what the players are saying. And even what Michael Malone had to say after that jazz game. Yeah, totally. I mean, Michael Malone likes to say that he never has to worry about his offense. I mean, he's always, he's usually worried about his defense. Are, are they going to bring it tonight? Or are they not? There's inconsistency there, but but one thing that's been consistent about this Nuggets team really over the last three seasons, like I just said, is they're going to score a lot of points. They're going to do it really efficiently. Uh, they finished fourth, sixth, and I believe they're 
third or fourth in offensive efficiency right now. So looks like they're headed to their third consecutive season of a top six finish. Um, it's got to be weird to be at this place where they're kind of worried about their offense, at least with those re- reserve units. Um, I mean, I just don't know. It's There aren't really any easy answers here. There aren't, and, and that's the tough part. I mean, they did score 32 points in that second quarter against New Orleans, but it wasn't on good offense. They still shot only 42% from the field, one of 10 from three, turned the ball over three times in the quarter. It, it wasn't productive. It wasn't winning basketball, even though they put up 32 points. Yeah, it's tough because there's just not a ton of combinations you can think of that would seemingly work. There's just not a lot of wiggle room there. And I was just going to say, when you look at Isaiah Thomas's six games in Nuggets uniform, he played pretty well his first two games. I think his last four games have been pretty poor. And we all knew he'd have a ton of rust and just from an 11th month absence, that was to be expected. And we knew it was probably going to take time for him to get his rhythm and his feel and whatnot. Uh, but these last four games have not been good. He has not been good these last four games. And he's dragging the bench unit down with him uh, right now. So it's tough. Denver's in a tough spot. Yeah, and we just spent all this time talking about the difference in, in styles that they want to play. But you know, maybe it'd be okay at least, or, or not as like noticeably terrible if if IT was was just clo- closer to you know 100% health and he had that explosion. Um, I thought he looked pretty good in those first couple of games back, but you know, upon cl- closer inspection and and now that he's gone up uh, against teams like the Jazz with like big, long, athletic defenders, it looks pretty clear that he doesn't have you know that burst that that old IT did. Which of course, I mean, he he missed 11 months, right? But, this is why this thing is just so difficult because maybe the, this this mis- mishmash of styles could work if IT was healthy, but he's just not. And now there are only 19 regular season games to go. How patient can you afford to be? Yeah, the Nuggets through six games of Isaiah Thomas have been patient and they were winning, but now they've dropped these last two. And hey, thank God for Denver's sake, they have this cushion for the number two seed right now. I feel like there'd be a lot more pressure on them to do something drastic here if they were tied with the Thunder in the standings or the Houston Rockets were creeping up on them at the third spot or something like that. So they're lucky to have uh, this cushion that they do have. I'll tell you this. The guy I feel bad for in this scenario the most is probably Monte Morris. A six-man-of-the-year candidate, I think, a guy who has arguably been the best backup point guard in the league. He's been incredible. He has been incredible for Denver all season long as the lead ball handler, the top initiator on this second unit. And he's been relegated a lot to off-the-ball duties when sharing the floor with Isaiah Thomas so far. He's been frozen out of the offense from time to time. And that's another reason why the offense hasn't clicked because the ball just hasn't been in Monte Morris's hands as much. In the 56 games before Isaiah Thomas entered the lineup, Monte Morris was averaging 56 touches per game. Uh, he's down to 39 touches per game in these last six. So 20 less touches per game in these last six games for Monte Morris. That's the one thing I would like the Nuggets to do here over the next couple games. Just get the ball back in Monte Morris's hands more. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel bad for Monte Morris too because he's the ultimate teammate. Like he's such a team guy. He was saying all the right things when Isaiah Thomas was coming back. Like I'm sure 
you know, privately, that was probably a little bit annoying. Like, you're, you've been the best backup point guard in all of basketball and keep getting asked, like, well, what about this guy that's about to eat into your minutes and your touches? And give Monte credit. He's like, he, you know, he's highlighting the positives that, that IT has brought to the table this year. You know, he said he's, he's helped them along. But it's got to be tough, man, and it's got to be really frustrating that he had this bench unit running like a well-oiled machine, yeah. and all of a sudden this guy comes back and just kind of junks it up. I'll tell you what's also really noticeable about this bench unit right now. We've talked about how much fun this Nuggets team has had all season long, the incredible culture, the incredible chemistry they have this year. This team is probably having the most fun in the league, and I've written about this. While everybody in the league seems pissed off from Kevin Durant to Kyrie Irving, everybody is just kind of upset in the league right now to Anthony Davis to LeBron. Nuggets have been having so much fun this entire season. The bench unit doesn't have any joy right now. It doesn't look like they're having fun out there. And obviously, fun and winning go hand in hand. You have obviously more fun when you're winning basketball games, and Nuggets haven't won these last two. But it's just been pretty startling, and it's really stood out just how the joy has kind of been zapped from this bench unit as they've just not clicked as well as they had at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, this team was breaking out of huddles with party time. I feel like there probably haven't been any party time breaking out of huddles like in the last few games, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they haven't won these last two games, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, a quick tangent here, maybe before going to a break or whatever. I did watch Adam Silver and Bill Simmons at Sloan, kind of what you're talking about, where those comments came from. And Adam Silver attributed it to, uh, you know, he said, I think we live a bit in the age of anxiety. Um, I really do think like so much of this is just social media and these guys like having to be on and be a brand all the time. Like if I was advising a player and I don't know, maybe this is why I don't advise players, but I would just say, don't have any social media apps on your phone. Do not do it. Yeah. You'd get fired real quickly. I think Yeah, Yeah, it probably wouldn't work out, but it is just unhealthy for these guys to be looking at like, you know, Joe Schmo, whatever he's saying to him on his couch. No, I know what you mean. Players go into the locker room and this happens on the nuggets. This happens on teams throughout the league. They go into their locker room at halftime and check their phones. That's just blasphemous to me. That's crazy. Imagine if, I know it's a lot different, but just imagine for a second if you walked into your high school locker room at halftime and checked your phone. <laughs> you might get kicked off the team right then and there. <laughs> you might have to walk oh. home in a blizzard. You know who doesn't check their phones at halftime? The Chicago Bulls. Jim Boylan does not stand for that type of behavior. He puts all their phones in a box <laughs> right when they walk in to drop it off right there right when they walk in the locker room. Yeah. Oh, de- definitely. That's just crazy, though. Guys go into their locker room, and I don't know if they're on Twitter and whatnot. Maybe. I mean, maybe they're on Twitter, seeing what we're tweeting about the first half. Uh, but they probably check their text. Monte Morris has said he responds to like his mom's text at halftime during every game. It's not like a bad thing, but I think it's just a little insight into that players are on their phones at halftime, and maybe they're on social media and whatnot. But anyways... I think it's a problem for sure. Uh, the social media age, I think it's ruining the civilization. <laughs> it's ruining everything. But, you know, we're probably too deep in it to get out now. Yeah, I, I don't know how we're going to, like, deal with this social media in a healthy way. I really don't know any solutions, but, oh, man. There aren't any. We're in too deep. All right, before we wrap up on this game, quick word from Total Beverage. 
You guys already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado, but now they're delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. And for a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off a $50 purchase on their website and app. All you got to do is use the promo code BSN10. So go to the Total Beverage website. You can download their app from the App Store on iPhone, on Android, on whatever phone you might be using. Type in that promo code BSN10 and you guys can save $10 off a $50 order Better yet, you can have it delivered right to your door. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. Harrison Wind here alongside Christian Clark, Monday edition of the show. Here's another reason why the Nuggets lost. The Nuggets shot 7 of 19 from 3 in the first half of this game against the Pelicans. In the second half, they shot 2 of 13 from 3-point range. They could not hit anything in the second half, and this was the Nuggets' second straight loss at home. They lost as many times at Pepsi Center in these last 48 hours as they did from November 13th to January 15th. Two months. They didn't lose two home games for two months. Then they dropped two home games to the Jazz, a team who they've played pretty well over the last couple of seasons, and to the Pelicans, who were without Anthony Davis in a span of 48 hours. Well, my my strategy um, when we go around the media table for games and, and just pick games has been just completely shattered because if the Nuggets were playing at home for like weeks there, I was just going to pick them to win. <laughs> right. That's been my strategy. I mean, I don't even know what to think anymore. My my world has been upended, Harrison. I couldn't believe it. Two listeners of the podcast from Stockholm, Sweden, our friend Boyan and his brother, were in town for these last two games. They couldn't even get a Nuggets win. I, I feel so bad. They came all the way from Stockholm, Sweden to visit Denver, to visit Colorado, to check out some Nuggets games. I met up with them for drinks at Blakeshire Tavern, of course, earlier this week. <laughs> and then uh, I saw them at the game last night. They couldn't even get a Nuggets win. I was also just cold and miserable and blustery, too. I, yeah. I kind of feel bad for those guys. Well, no, they got a couple nice days. They were here like uh, Thursday for the Jazz game. I think they were here Wednesday, too. They got a couple nice days. But, yeah, this uh, snowstorm came in. <laughs> Pretty hot on a Saturday night, but shout out to those guys. Good to meet you guys, and I'm planning on hitting them up if I'm in Europe this coming summer. Yeah, you planning a Euro trip? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe uh, maybe a little visit the Sambor. Mm. Fit in there? I don't think Jokic wants outsiders in Sambor. <laughs> what if he saw me in Sambor just randomly? Well, he pretended like he didn't see you, and then when he got back home, he'd tell his brothers about it, and then they would escort you out of the city. Yeah, and then I would never be seen from again. <laughs> uh, kidding, of course. All right, some other notes from this game here. I mean, Kenrich Williams, he seems like a player for New Orleans, a guy the Nuggets had on their summer league team. What do you just think of his play? Every time I watch him, I mean, I, I just wish he was on this team. Um, I mean, I get why it didn't work out. Kenrich thought he was good enough to, to go and, and earn a guaranteed roster spot somewhere. He didn't want to play on a two-way contract, and he was right. That bet in himself totally worked out in New Orleans. He's making some more money, got a little more security. But, man, he would have been a, a nice end-of-bench piece for this team. I mean, what the Nuggets need, really, on this team are – rangy wings who are willing to do some dirty work and, and just spot up and hit some threes. And that's what Kenrich Williams does. He's a, he's a great rebounder for a guy his size too. I mean, that was the case in college. Um, just really got a knack for, for getting on the boards. Yeah. He's like a refined Tory Craig, you know? Mm, yeah. He's like Tory Craig where he does a lot of the dirty work. He's really aggressive on the glass, but 
his, his skill set is just a tad more refined, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Tori Tori's a lot more athletic than Kenrich. Um, you know, I think Kenrich plays a little more under control, but yeah, I mean, they they do similar things. Mm-hmm. All right, we got two questions from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline that I want to get to here. If you guys have a question for the show, one eight hundred BSN eight three nine four. 1-800-BSNE-394. Let's go there right now. Uh, my name is Chris from New York. And uh, after watching this Nuggets Jazz game, it uh, seemed like they were uh, Donovan Mitchell was trying to take Jokic out on the perimeter and trying to make him guard him. Uh, do you think in a potential series that this might be a problem for Denver? Thank you. All right, Chris, thanks for the call. Obviously calling in after the Jazz game earlier this week. Yeah, I think it's a concern for sure. Look, Jokic has improved a lot on the defensive end of the floor this year compared to last year. I actually asked Michael Malone about this before a recent Nuggets game, and you can point to a lot of areas where he's improved. He's more vocal. He's more willing to communicate on the defensive end of the floor now uh, than he was last year or than he was when he came into the league. He, to me, seems quicker. Uh, he His foot speed seems better. It was a big focus of his offseason training program back in Serbia this last summer, and I think it showed this year. Uh, he, he's definitely stronger on the defensive end of the floor. He can body guys in the post. When a team dumps the ball into, say, a big post guy, a Marcus Alda, Marcus Cousins, a Joel Embiid, you don't feel like Jokic is going to get worked over by one of those guys like he might have over his first couple years, his first three years in the league. And, you know, he's obviously got got a lot of other things going for him on the defensive end of the floor. He's got great hands. He's smart. He knows where to be. But the one-on-one defense on the perimeter is still the one thing I think you worry about with him. And, hey, it's not just Jokic. You know, there's not a lot of big men that can stay on the floor when you're constantly getting switched out onto Donovan Mitchell and James Harden and Steph Curry. Like, we've seen Clint Capella get sewed off the floor before. We've seen Joel Embiid, you know, not be able to play in the playoffs before against certain lineups. So it's not just Jokic who has this problem. Uh, but yeah, I'd say it is a concern for sure when you look at the playoffs, considering that's a lot of times what playoff basketball and fourth quarter playoff basketball comes down to. Those one-on-one matchups on the perimeter that teams try to hunt switches and just take those big guys off the bounce. Yeah, I mean, that, that's probably going to be the number one thing I'm watching in, in the first round series. Just watch that battle between whoever Denver plays, just them going spread pick and roll and, and how Jokic is able to hold his own. I mean, the difference between Jokic and Clint Capella and Joel Embiid is, I mean, Jokic is just a vastly superior offensive player to, to both those guys, even Embiid, I think. And, right. You know, even, even if Jokic is getting hurt, the hope is that, you know, Denver's still scoring more than them. They're just outscoring them. Right. The hope is this starting five just scores every time down the floor. Yeah. I mean, and I'm a big believer in them offensively, even going into the playoffs too. Yeah. So it's a concern with a ton of big men throughout the league when you get into the playoffs, to be honest. And it is a concern with Jokic. I do think he looks quicker this year, though, getting back to an earlier point than he was last year or a few years back. So if he was going to have a chance at guarding those guys and staying with those guys more and just not giving up those baskets as easily. This would be a year where he could do it. It is a concern, though. It, like, I'm with you. It's going to be one of the most fascinating things to watch in the playoffs. Your, your flaws just get magnified so much in the playoffs. Like right. Jokic, I think, definitely has improved on the defensive end this season, playing in space. But 
that's still his biggest flaw, and, and this is going to be a great test for him. Something else Michael Mullen had to say about his defense is so much of defense is buy-in and commitment, and that, in my opinion, is the biggest reason why the Nuggets have been so much better defensively this year than they've been over the last couple it may sound stupid, but they just care more about defense this year. They're just trying harder on defense. I really think that's what it comes down to with this team. And that's the same for Jokic as well. I think his buying and commitment has been at a much higher level this year than it was compared to last year. All right, we got one more question to get to before we get out of here. Let's go back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline right now. Hey, guys. It's Ray from Maryland. That was a tough night, I got to say. Uh, my take on it, just from my test is that we look really, can't, I don't know what the word is, small, soft, not sure. Uh, do you think we're playing a little bit too small right now? Do you think we need more Tory Craig? Uh, could Millsap play the three sometimes? I, I just feel like, I can't help but feel like Isaiah Thomas, uh, Will Barton tend to get out-rebounded outsized in a lot of their matchups. And I think, you know, it doesn't mean they're objectively bad, but, you know, something has to change. I can't really say what. Um, Malone's the course, the co- Malone's, <laughs> Malone's the coach, of course. So it's up to him. You guys have a good night. Yeah, Ray, thanks for the question. Yeah, we've hit on this a lot today. I mean, I guess my final thoughts on this would be, I wouldn't be too upset at some more Tory Craig minutes to be quite honest. Look, I just think the Nuggets need some more length out there. Need some more size, especially with that second unit if they're going to continue to play Isaiah Thomas and Monte Morris together. And you know me. I'm a big Torrey Craig guy. I like how hard he plays. I like how he crashes the glass. He'll make mistakes from time to time, but I like what he brings to the table. I like his mentality and tenacity. So I wouldn't be too upset with uh, some more Torrey Craig minutes. More Wancho minutes, I don't know. He's uh, He's been running on E for the last three months here. Yeah, I just looked it up, and the last time Wancho made a three was Vietnam. <laughs> yeah? So it's, is, it's, that, it's, is that sourced? <laughs> yeah, it's official per NBA.com. It's been a long time uh, since Nam. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm fine. I don't think Wancho, like, honestly can continue to play as much as I love Wancho. I mean, nobody appreciates a good Wancho explosion quite like me, but... I don't know if Wancho was hurt or something. I mean, we know he's been dealing with core issues, but yeah, he's just not helping you in any way right now. So sure, put Torrey Craig out there. The Nuggets are definitely a little small right now. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Jared Vanderbilt in a couple of these games, to be honest with you. Uh, I think, you know, in, in the few looks we've got at him, he's looked pretty good. And yeah. I know he's going to play balls of the wall, too, and, and play really hard. There was a moment during this New Orleans Pelicans game, and I tweeted it out. Jared Vanderbilt was warming up on the stationary bike at one point in the third quarter. It happened. Oh. And then the Nuggets went back to Isaiah Thomas. You think he just had a cramp, or do you think he had an inkling that he might be in this game? I don't know. I'm not sure. I not. I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Malone said, Vando, go warm up. Would have loved to see it, to be honest. Yeah, that would have been fun. Vanderbilt minutes are kind of like Isaiah Thomas minutes. You just never really know what's going to happen. <laughs> There's literally an an unlimited amount of outcomes that could happen. <laughs> like, I feel like when Isaiah Thomas comes out on the floor, Denver could rattle off a 10-0 run, even though they haven't done that yet when he's been out on the floor. Or they could just give up 10 straight. I feel like the same could happen with Vanderbilt, and he could pull down like seven rebounds in three minutes or something. 
Weird things are going on with this power forward rotation right now. I mean, yeah. Tyler Lydon got a, a sign to the G League today. Right. Capital City Go-Go. Right, the Go-Go. From what I'm told about that, just a chance for him to get some meaningful minutes here down the stretch. If you didn't know, Capital City Go-Go were in the heat of a G League playoff run. Really? They're barreling down at a playoff seed. They can see it in their sights. This is their little playoff stretch run edition. They just needed that spicy mayo infusion. Yeah, we'll see how he does in the G League. He'll probably do well. All right, well, I think that's all the time we got for today. Thanks for listening, guys. If you do have questions for the show, 1-800-BSNA-394. 1-800-BSNA-394. Also want to remind you guys about the deal we've got going on at BSN Denver for subscriptions. You can get a one-year subscription for only $29.99. Go to bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. Type in the promo code NUGGETS to get that offer. It's a few bucks off our normal yearly price, which is $35.99. So make sure to get on that before that offer runs out. And if enough of you sign up, you guys will all get free t-shirts from the BSN Denver Locker. And with that, we'll be back on Tuesday. Talk with you guys then. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.